Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Texas State's TJ Finley into the transfer portal. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dave Schultz, another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we will, uh, after we talk TJ Finley, we'll get more in-depth on King Womack's move to Alabama and who the potential uh, candidates are for the head coaching job for the Jaguars with my buddy Craig Stevenson from AL.com. He was outside <laughs> outside of the athletic department's offices uh, first thing on Tuesday morning. Uh, so we will talk to him about what went down uh, over the last couple of days in Mobile. But on Tuesday afternoon, uh, we got some shocking news. Actually, I guess it started, was it Monday? Jaden Delora transferred to Texas State, which kind of caught everybody off guard because why would he transfer from Arizona to Texas State? He may transfer from Arizona because they had a freshman who led him to a 10-win season after Delora got hurt. But he goes to Texas State after Finley decides he's coming back and he announces it like last Thursday. That, that, was, that was Friday's episode. TJ Finley back to Texas State. And so what is going on here? And so let's just do a little bit of a timeline, okay? So at about, this is 1.53 on Tuesday, Peter Nakos, Nakos from On3 says, Texas State TJ Finley plans to enter the transfer portal. Whoa, what's going on there? All right. Then about 10 minutes later, I saw that, about 15 minutes later maybe, I was wondering, because we already know Delora has transferred to Texas State. So I'm wondering if this is a chicken or egg, chicken and egg situation, right? Did Delora transfer to Texas State because Finley was going into the portal? Or was Finley to the portal because Delora transferred to Texas State? Otherwise, did Delora come because they knew he was leaving? Or did Finley leave because Delora showed up? Well, about quarter of three, Kev Giardello from the very popular Win Now or Get Bent podcast tweeted out, just spoke to TJ Finley. He said he wasn't aware of Jaden Delora's commitment to Texas State before it happened. When asked if his plan was to come back to the Bobcats before yesterday, he said 100%. So basically, Delora is being recruited by G.J. Kinney and company. I presume to back up TJ Finley, but I don't know. I, I don't know. They're going to have a competition. What we found out, whether it's in college, or the pros, right? I mean, Coastal Carolina had three quarterbacks uh, this year. App State had to go to their quarterback 
almost immediately, right? Uh, Jordan McLeod wasn't the starting quarterback. He he came in almost immediately, won player of the year award. So you, you got to have somebody raring to go, right? We've seen that in the NFL, and we've certainly seen it in college. The last two seasons, the Cajuns have played three different quarterbacks in the last two years. So you got to have a backup, but that's a pretty good backup, right? I mean, that's that's not that's not a guy coming to, to sit behind somebody else just in case. I don't think you would thought you would think there would have been many more, I don't know about many more, but other opportunities to go and start somewhere from a power five school, such as Arizona, that he'd have other opportunities. Uh, and apparently not. So we'll see because it kind of felt like TJ Finley was shopping himself around. He didn't really go into the portal, right? He never really announced it. But he never, it took him a little bit of time for him to announce he was coming back to Texas State. Maybe he was looking and he couldn't find anything that was to his liking, so he'll come back. And I kind of thought after the new year came around, and remember, we're talking about Zion Chris at the time, and he kind of did that almost right after the new year, that uh, um, TJ Finley maybe had finally settled on a nice little deal in. San Marcos. He's got a couple of kids. He's got a wife, you know, twins. And so, you know, you got, you got to support the family. And so I figured, again, it's not going to be high six figures or low seven figures, but you get a nice high five figure deal in San Marcos. And now you can take, now you can take care of the family. But now you get Delora who transfers in and all of a sudden, I don't even know if I'm the starter anymore. And who knows how that money is tied into it? If I'm not the starter, do I get the money? I don't know how these NIL, NIL deals work. But all of a sudden, huh, you know, TJ Kinney signs a new contract. You got Ishmael Mahdi coming back. And then TJ Finley's coming back. And Texas State is your, you know, de facto Sunbelt West Division, you know, favorite. Right, right. Troy is starting anew, right? And all of a sudden, you know, in the last few the last few days, uh, Kane Womack uh, is leaving South Alabama. They're going to be starting anew ish, right? We'll see how many kids uh, leave. Um, how many kids leave the program in the transfer portal? I I, I don't know uh, how that's going to work out, but you know, I mean, really, it's 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 Arkansas State and. Uh, Texas State and probably the Cajuns, and we'll see where the fighting will halls uh, land in that. But now we don't know. I mean, it's a it's a little bit of, of upheaval, right? There's only, I mean, are we are we two months away from spring ball? We're two months away from spring ball. We'll see if uh, TJ Finley, you know, if they can talk him to come out of the portal and stay. This would be his best shot to do that. But he is. I mean, people pointed out he's going to his he'd be going to his fourth school in five years. That's kind of rough. That's kind of rough. So what what appeared to be, you know, all roses for Texas State seems to be anything but now. And that they still need probably a, a backup quarterback who's ready to step in. It was a pretty good quarterback room, you know, on you know Tuesday before noon, and then it kind of got all shook up maybe even Monday it kind of got all shook up when the transfer came in and now TJ Finley's out 
I still wouldn't be surprised if TJ Finley comes back and we'll see what happens. But it, it does appear that GJ Kinney went out and got himself another quarterback. I don't know if it was to compete for the starting role or whatever the case may be. And then you hear all these, you know, these kids don't want to compete. Well, he came back thinking he was going to be the starter. I mean, I know all these guys got to compete every time out. And that's that's the way it works. Regardless, no one is just gifted a, a starting role. But that seems to be a little bit different, right? You're, you know, these teams don't generally bring in that kind of competition for a starter. So we'll, we'll see. We will see what happens uh, down the road. All right. Uh, so that is, that certainly is interesting as this, uh, not only does the coaching carousel go round and round, but this transfer portal and NIL stuff, it is never going to end. They do whatever happens. They have to figure out on how to deal with it because it does seem to be a little bit out of control and I'm pro transfer portal and poor and pro NIL, but you just can't get a handle on it. All right, let's take a time out. When we come back, Craig Stevens from Craig Stevenson from AL.com South Alabama beat writer hops on to talk about Kane Womack. Let me tell you a little bit about LinkedIn jobs. There we go. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business, that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses write LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Uh, let's bring on my buddy from AL.com, the South Alabama beat writer, Craig Stevenson, talking about Kane Womack heading to the Alabama Crimson Tide as their new defensive coordinator. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Always thrilled to catch up with Craig Stevenson, the South Alabama beat writer for AL.com. It has been a slow news week in the state of Alabama. Uh, I'm not even sure it's been a week or maybe just of when uh, Nick Saban's been retired. And last Friday, Kalen DeBoer was hired. It's really been less than 
uh, 80 hours or just over 80 hours since DeBoer was hired. And now he's hired his defensive coordinator in Kane Womack. Let's talk about the process. Craig, thanks for hopping on. What, what was the process from your end and from South Alabama's end over the last, you know, 24 hours? Yeah. And if you want to go back even further, I guess you could say Kevin Steele retired, I think, right That's before right. the national championship game started a week ago, Monday. So it's really been nonstop since then. And yeah, the saving news came down Wednesday and so on. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, start hearing, uh, well, when I'll go back even further. When DeBoer got the job, kind of made the connection. I knew they were good friends. I knew they'd worked together at Indiana. I knew, you know, Kane thinks and thought the world of DeBoer. Did I think that it was going to be a possibility he might wind up on the staff? No, I didn't think that was going to happen at that point. But yesterday morning, started hearing some things. You know, it kind of started cooking through the day. Uh, Kane had been ghosting me for a couple of days, which is unlike him. You know, uh, he doesn't didn't respond to calls, didn't respond to texts, which typically he has done throughout his tenure at South Alabama. Um, so I started getting nervous then. And then, you know, it started coming out that there was a possibility when Traveris Robinson turned down the job as defensive coordinator, uh, which I guess was around lunchtime, one o'clock or whatever it was. Then I thought, and, and no other names came out. I thought, well, this is for real. This is happening. I started talking to people around South Alabama on the staff and so on. And nobody really knew anything, but everybody suspected something. And then the news popped up about, uh, what, 9, 9.30, that it was right. happening. And uh, so it moved pretty quickly after that. And South Alabama had a uh, team meeting this morning at, uh, well, I guess, uh, do I need to say Tuesday morning or this morning? Edit. Uh, that's all right. It, it will play. This will come out no. on um, This will come out on Wednesday. Okay, so I'll say Tuesday morning. Sorry. All right. All right yeah, anyway, so Tuesday morning. Uh, South Alabama had a team meeting, and uh, I basically went and camped out in front of the football facility and waited for Kane Womack to come out. And, uh, you know, of course, he had – they had their meeting, and he had to do some – you know, he had goodbyes that he wanted to do with, with certain – anybody that I guess that wanted to come in and speak to him personally, he did that. And So I was able to talk to him for about 10 minutes and then talk to Joel Erdman, the athletic director, pretty briefly after that. and uh, So kind of figure out where things are. So that was what I- all right, so let's just tell people you you tweeted out uh, at two forty two p.m. on I believe it was Friday or the twelfth yeah. was that Friday? So you tweeted out, uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer and uh, Kane Womack were both on the same staff, and that uh, DeBoer is from the same hometown as Joel Erdman, although their paths have never crossed, and that's a thing because it's you know Millbank, South Dakota, which is not a very big town, obviously. Right. So I joked, you know, what is the going rate now for uh, a, a defensive coordinator in the SEC? Because LSU scooped up Missouri's DC, and he's making like two and a half million, and that's more than the 800000 that uh that Kane Womack is making. And I was just joking. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, we they were doing the offensive side of the ball, and some coaches were coming with him from Washington. But there were just all weekend long, there were no other names until Traveris Robinson, you know, started getting hot and heavy that uh, that they were even considering. Usually you get a list of DCs and it right. just hadn't happened until the T-Rob thing uh, happened. It seemed once that, you know, that ship sailed, the Kane Womack thing was it, 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 what you wrote today, what you wrote yesterday in AL.com seemed like it was a very quick decision on everyone's part after T-Rob decided to stay at Georgia. 
Yeah, and of course, you know, Kalen DeBoer is an offensive guy, so he was going to bring most of his offensive guys with him, and you would expect that. It would make sense. They'd had such a great offense at, at Washington that he would be, uh, you know, the, he would bring all those guys with him. But if he was going to – we knew that he was going to add some guys from <clears> – <throat> excuse me, from the SEC in the South. And <clears throat> so defense made, made sense, you know, the bulk of the defensive staff to be replaced. Plus – Washington was not great defensively, so I think maybe he wanted to make some moves there. And yeah, like you said, once uh, Traveris Robinson turned it down, it was kind of Kane Womack's uh, position. I did hear uh, Austin Armstrong at Florida maybe was a possibility, um, but uh, I think they moved pretty quickly to Kane. And yeah, uh, Kane made eight ten, I think was his base this last year. Then he had, of course had some bonuses because they made a bowl game, won a bowl game, and all that sort of thing. And I've been told he's going to be making over $2 million uh, at Alabama. So it's a no-brainer in that sense. Obviously, you know, moving from head coach to coordinator is a little different, although we've seen that. You know, Sean Lewis left Kent State to go to Colorado. Uh, Matt Entz, the head coach at North Dakota State, one of the most uh, well-accomplished uh, uh, FCS programs. He's now the co-defensive coordinator at USC. We saw Dan Enos a few years ago go from – Central Michigan as head coach to Arkansas as offensive coordinator. So it's not unprecedented. It's a little unusual, but when you start getting into this level of money, when you have the uh, friendship and, and uh, co-worker status that DeVore and Womack have, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Talking to Craig Stevenson, AL.com beat writer for South Alabama, uh, locked on Sunbelt, your team every day. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, what you brought up, because I think, I do think that this was a very specific case for Kane Womack being Kalen DeBoer and Alabama compared to say, if, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley called him at USC. I'm not sure he would have gone out uh, to USC. Uh, and we, we both know that he turned down a big time defensive coordinating position to take the head coaching job at South Alabama. Cause it wasn't all about the money. I know the money's probably better this time around because that's what happens in three years. Uh, but I think it is uh, case-specific to Alabama and Kalen DeBoer. Also, over the last couple of years, right, we've seen, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, in, in one direction, but it seems to be tougher to go from a group of five school to a power five school as a head coach, whereas nothing against Jeff Levy from Mississippi State, but he has no head coaching experience anywhere, high school or FCS or any level, and he went from Oklahoma to Mississippi State, whereas uh, Kane Womack, very successful head coach at the at the Group of Five level, couldn't get that gig. It may be easier to go from the Alabama DC to the P five head coaching job than from the Group of Five head coaching job. No, I, I totally agree with all that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, with Womack, I think that if Nick Saban doesn't retire, uh, Kane Womack is still the head coach at South Alabama next year. I mean, it, it was that many. <clears throat> the dominoes started. Like I said, I, I didn't think if it wasn't if it wasn't Alabama, if it wasn't DeBoer, he would not have taken the job. You you alluded to it when he first got the job in South Alabama. He definitely talked to Ed Ogeron about becoming the defensive coordinator at LSU, but that was uh, after the 2020 season, and Ogeron's seat was trying starting to get a little hot. And I think Kane realized that O was about to get fired, and he didn't want to go there and you know <laughs> be without a job in four months. So. Uh, he came and be, became the head coach at, at South Alabama. Um, yeah, and you know, you mentioned jumping from the G five to the to the SEC or to the Power Five. We've seen that some. 
you know, Eli Drinkwitz is a really good example of a guy that's mm-hmm. done a good job, although it took him a couple of years to get it going. But I wonder uh, if Billy Napier, maybe has kind of poisoned the well a little bit on that mm-hmm. because he has not had great success at Florida. Right. And maybe that gave some AADs uh, pause. You know, John Summerall had great credentials in his two years at Troy. Right. Uh, did, get, did get a nice raise going to Tulane, but, you know, uh, would he be a candidate uh, somewhere else in the SEC? Now, I do think that if the Mark Stoops to Texas A&M thing had gone through, that Summerall would have gotten the Kentucky job. I, I'm fairly confident right, of that. Right. You know, and I think whenever Stoops decides he's going to move on, whether that's to retire, to go to Iowa or whatever, Summerall is going to be a really strong candidate there. But, yeah, I don't know if it was just there weren't the right kind of openings or, you know, there's something to the fact that, um, you know, you got a better shot uh you know it jumping uh from the the power five but with levy if for sure you know summerall is another example of that i think that you know you wonder if uh the kind of offense that you run at the g5 level would that work in the sec and i, I think that maybe was a concern with Summerall at least yeah think about all the, like the one domino that nick saban created created an opening at washington south alabama arizona and now San yeah. Jose State. <laughs> They've all had to get new head coaches here since yeah. Wednesday, last Wednesday. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's very late in the game. I mean, you know, this kind of thing usually happens in December. You know, right. But right. we're uh, we're past the national championship game, and hey, it's not over yet because Jim Harbaugh's still sitting out there. That's uh, right. You know, <laughs> so and you would think that you may see another uh, NFL job come open. You know, after the playoffs, they, you know, Dallas, for example. Uh, probably going to come open. Um, so we may not be done yet. And like I said, with Harbaugh and Michigan, there's one huge domino still left out there. And who knows uh, who's going to wind up getting that job and uh, who's going to be moving around. Uh, we may be back on here talking about somebody else. I don't know. All right, let's take a time out. We'll come back and wrap things up with Craig Stevenson. We'll talk about the kind of coach that – Alabama is getting in Kane Womack and who may be some of the candidates to take over for Womack with South Alabama. Let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. The NFL's regular season is wrapped up, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, and that is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than a brother or my mom getting sick while supply chain issues keep them from life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jay's case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician 
and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your offer. Jacemedical.com. All right, Dave Schultz, locked on Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's continue our conversation with Craig Stevenson, AL.com beat writer for the South Alabama Jaguars, talking a little bit about what kind of coach Kane Womack is and who may be up next as the new head coach for South Alabama. It is Craig Stevenson on Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. All right, we're talking with Craig Stevenson, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. He's a South Alabama beat writer for AL.com. Let's tell Alabama fans a little bit about Kane Womack because he's a different kind of cat than the – and you've been doing this longer than I have. I've dealt with Mark Hudspeth, who was a little bit of a rah-rah, a little bit of a salesman. Uh, Billy Napier, who had a little bit more of a quiet confidence – with, uh, you know, the Saban and Dabo uh, background, Steve Crawford, who's got a lot of uh, winning background, but, you know, could never get it going um, at at South Alabama. And Kane just seems to be, you know, he was the youngest coach when he got hired in college football, super confident. He does something that almost nobody else does, has wide open practices you kind of liked and didn't like that because you kind of had to be there for most of the yeah. practices. So he he's a different kind of, because he's he actually thought compared to some of the maybe those other guys that he was going to be a college football coach. That's what he, his father was that right. he was going to grow up and be a, a college football coach. So it kind of felt like he expected that and he didn't care what everyone thought his plan was uh, because, um, you know, he's a, here it is, you know, and we were allowed uh, in. So tell people he just is is confident in his own right uh, and not nearly as paranoid <laughs> as other coaches uh, yeah. that we've encountered. Now, I think that'll have, that'll change when he goes to the SEC. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, he definitely is more open, more accessible than some guys. And, again, it's going to be a little different when you got 20 reporters covering you every day instead of two or three, you know, right. uh, maybe not even that many. Uh, but, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely – like you said, he's a football lifer. His father was an assistant coach, I think he said, for 38 years. He grew up at, at college football practices and games his whole life. And, um, you know, so there's that part of it. And, uh, you know, philosophically, they're very aggressive on defense. Uh, the 4 which not a lot of people – some people are not fans of, but, um, you know, they're more – instead of – it's not like a – it is aggressive. They will blitz and all that sort of thing. But – uh, it's more about making plays on the ball rather than, you know, I'm not going to cover this receiver. I'm going to cover the ball. I'm going to find the ball and go to the ball, that sort of thing. That makes it a little bit different. And obviously that leads to some big plays sometimes. But in uh, for the most part, it, uh, you know, it's it's they, they're really good at situational defense, uh, third down, red zone stop rate, you know, just forcing punts, not giving up points on a lot of their, you know, the, their possessions. And um, so it's a, it's an interesting defense to watch. Yeah. In three seasons, he erased a touchdown over what they used to give up in 2020 sure. before yeah. he got there, they were giving up 27 points <clears throat> a game. He came in, they gave up 21 points a game. Uh, yeah. At least that's and, what it was last year. That's a lot it, in, in it you know, defensively. And it's been like that everywhere. You know, when he was at Illinois, when he was at, uh, uh, Indiana, excuse me. He was at Eastern Illinois, Indiana, uh, South Alabama the first time. Yeah, they've gotten better on defense everywhere he's been. Uh, you know, it, 
it's it's not that easy to improve Alabama defensively. Uh, right. You know, they've obviously been one of the top ten defenses in the country ever since Saban was there, and even before Saban was there, Joe Kine had some really good defenses. But um, you know, they are going to be good. They're going to be sound. Um, again, they they may give up some big plays, but for the most part, they're going to uh, you know, give their teams a real chance to win. Talking to Craig Stevenson, AL.com, South Alabama beat writer. All right, so the obvious next questions are going to be, where does South Alabama go now? They have a couple of uh, coordinators that were with Kane Womack the whole time. He didn't switch either of those. Major Applewhite, who has head coaching experience, the offensive coordinator, and Corey Batoon, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, I would be very surprised if Major Applewhite is not a – you know, the top candidate, if he, you know, even to an extent where I think he's going to get the job, I would be, I would be kind of surprised at that. Uh, you know, he's interested for sure. Uh, and he's got head coaching experience. You know, people tend to think of his Houston tenure as a disaster. It really wasn't. I mean, it was, uh, they, they had winning records. They, they did have a really bad bowl game against army, but he was dealing with a, a situation where uh, at Houston, where they still have, where, You've got one super booster who kind of controls everything, Tillman Fertitta, one of the richest men in the country. And uh, he didn't have uh, – Major didn't have Tillman Fertitta on his side, and that kind of blew it up for him. But, you know, I think if he had stayed there, he'd probably put to good te- continue to put good teams on the field. So I think he's the guy. Um, there are some other uh, possible candidates out there, some longtime assistants, you know, maybe a couple of uh, former head coaches or current head coaches. You know, I'm really interested to see if Bill Clark – is interested former UAB head coach who retired due to health issues. And, you know, is, does he want to get back in? He was Joey Jones, original defensive coordinator here at South Alabama. Mm. So, um, you know, would he, would he be interested in coming back? Obviously did a great job at UAB, you know, Rich Rodriguez at Jack state, although, you know, considering his age, it may be considered a lateral move for him. Uh, But there'll definitely be some people out there, although, not as many as there might have been if this had come open in January or December, excuse me. Yeah, you you actually had some a lot of guys with ties to Mobile. T. Martin, uh, yeah. who'll probably be at the Cedar Bowl here here in a couple of weeks, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brent Deerman, who's got uh, yeah. you know now head coaching experience at, at North Alabama. You mentioned a lot uh, on your AL.com. Is that just you know guys with connections to Mobile or? For guys yeah. you may think may be considered, I think it's both. You know, T. Martin's name has come up the last two times it was open, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does. The issue with him, though, is um, he's with the Ravens, and NFL mm-hmm. guys typically wait until the season is over to to move on if they're going to move on, and you know they got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know that the timeline would work out for him. Uh, you know, Deerman is. Uh, very well respected, in the, especially in the high school coaching ranks around here. His father was a pretty legendary high school coach. Uh, he was a high school coach at one time. Uh, he's been a Power 5 offensive coordinator at Kansas. He just finished his first year as an FCS head coach. So I don't know about him as head coach necessarily. Now, you know, if Major Applewhite got the job, maybe he would be a possibility as an offensive coordinator. So, uh, But, you know, there will be a lot of people who will apply. But, again, if it winds up in anybody – other than Major Applewhite, I'm going to be a little surprised. So the next question would be, if it is Major, do you think he hires yeah. an offensive coordinator? Because it was interesting, as a first-time head coach, yeah. Kane got two coordinators, uh, and yeah. he was kind of this, at least game day, he was kind of the CEO. Uh, those mm-hmm. two guys ran things. 
Uh, do you think uh, that uh, Major keeps control of the offense and he calls the plays, or does he bring in a coordinator, or does he just bring in like a quarterback's coach? It's a good question. I think that it would probably be a situation like you've seen with some other offensive-minded coaches, uh, you know, like Todd Munkin comes to mind, where he's going to work with the quarterbacks, uh, but he's going to have an offensive coordinator just to run the offensive meeting and game plan and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, would he call his own plays? That's an interesting point. I don't know. You know, he frees, obviously, has vacillated back and forth between that. We've seen some other guys, Dan Mullen, among others, that called offensive plays. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, as to whether or not he would do that, I don't know. Uh, but I think he'd definitely hire a coordinator now. Is it going to be, but I think it'll be major Applewhite's offense, which is, uh, you know, kind of the Lane Kiffin, uh, Steve Sarkeesian offense from Alabama. All right. A couple more questions here for Craig Stevenson. Let's talk about South Alabama uh, as a program and how it's grown. Right. I mean, Kane Womack walked into a, a brand new stadium uh, and, you know, and continuing improved uh, facilities. It feels like the one thing they're lacking is maybe a new workout facility for, I don't know if it's just going to be for football. That doesn't seem to be right on the G5 level, but a brand new, you know, uh, athletic facility for the student athletes. Uh, because other than that, they have outstanding facilities, whether it's the softball or, uh, you know, the Mitchell Center for basketball. They they have some outstanding facilities. What they play in, they just need some a little bit better of a facility to work out in and and maybe not ice down in kiddie pools after, you know, hot August tra- training camp practices. <laughs> yeah, their their uh, weight room is, I don't want to say antiquated, but it's definitely the oldest thing that they have going. But, yeah, they have an indoor facility, which if you've ever watched uh, – yeah. The Senior Bowl, you've probably seen it on there, and in addition to the stadium, which is where they play the Senior Bowl. And the stadium is four years old. I think the indoor is five or six, six maybe. Um, so, um, you know, that's that's what I'm, I mean. You know, Troy, for example, is just now building an indoor. Right. That's right. Um, so uh, they have facilities for sure. Um, you know, there's not a ton of money, but, um, you know, I think they can be competitive. Uh, in the Sun Belt, for sure, in terms of what they spend on football. Yeah, I call it the indoorish facility because it's not yeah. completely enclosed. It really yeah, is just cover- trying to keep the sun and the water off of them more than anything right. else. Yeah, it rains virtually every day, uh, you know, from <laughs> about July to mm-hmm. October here, you know, so that's part of it. And then in the spring, of course. But, yeah, it's kind of a pavilion more than it is actually an right. indoor facility. but. You can get under there and get out, get away from the elements for sure. The coldest I've ever been is when they had that HBCU uh, <laughs> <No>. pro day. <laughs> it was I'll tell you what, though. Today was almost as cold, although I didn't have to be out in it the whole time. But just walking into the building from right. the car was pretty right. bad. Well, he is Craig Stevenson. Uh, gets, I, I would wish you some downtime. But, you know, we'll see if this uh, coaching search for South Alabama is done before the weekend. Um, yeah, I wouldn't bet on that for sure. I, I wouldn't bet on that, but I would say by this time next week, they'll have a coach in place. That would be my, my pick. All right, he's Craig Stevenson, AL.com. Thanks for hopping on Locked on Sunbelt, your team every day. Always great catching up with you, Craig. Thank you so much. All right, Dave, always a pleasure.